Hello, welcome to our podcast, A2L Refrigerants and Their Significance to the HVACR Industry, sponsored by the Camores Company. I'm Terry McIver, Editor-in-Chief of Contracting Business. Named for their ASHRAE safety classification, A2L refrigerants are characterized by mild flammability, low toxicity, and low global warming potential. They include hydrofluorolefins, HFOs, and HFO blends. A2L refrigerants offer similar operating characteristics to legacy refrigerants, a safer profile than ammonia and hydrocarbon refrigerants, and they're more energy efficient than R410A and transcritical CO2 carbon dioxide systems. And so, as the world confronts the challenge of climate change, A2L refrigerants have emerged as a replacement for older, high-impact refrigerants like HFCs and HCFCs in air conditioning and commercial refrigeration systems. A2Ls are essential for helping businesses meet the global objectives outlined in the Montreal Protocol and the Kigali Amendment, regional regulations like the U.S. AIM Act, and Canada's ODSHAR, as well as for achieving the objectives of the European Union Green Deal. I'd like to welcome our guests, Jeff Warther, Market Development Manager for Refrigerants for the Comores Company, and Andrew Pansula, Technical Service Engineer for Refrigerants for the Comores Company. Jeff Warther is the market development manager with a focus on refrigerants for the thermal and specialized solutions business at Comores. Jeff has more than 37 years of experience in the HVACR industry with roles including service technician, territory manager, product manager, and trainer. He's worked with various industry leaders including Carrier, Danfoss, the Haberger Corporation, and the Kroger Company. Andrew Pensula is the Global Technical Service Engineer with a focus on refrigerants for the thermal and specialized solutions business at Comores. He holds a master's degree in chemical engineering from Lehigh University. And over the past seven years with Comores and DuPont, Andrew has been primarily focused on the development of next generation refrigerants for the HVACR industry. His assignments have included the quantification of performance for next-generation HFO refrigerants in controlled laboratory settings and working in the field with end users to optimize their refrigeration systems. And during this podcast, we're going to cover A2L refrigerants for air conditioning, food retail, and cold storage applications. And so let's get started. Jeff, are things in place for A2L adoption in the HVACR industry? Yeah, Terry, thanks. Yeah. So yeah, things are in place for the A2L equipment adoption. Beyond many of the components like compressors, expansion valves, filter dryers, the standards like UL and ASHRAE that many of the OEMs use to build equipment and create installation instructions are complete. Now, adoption of the standards into the codes like ICC or, or UMC Their adoptions are in various stages across the United States, but as of this summer, over 40 states already have a path to install an air conditioner heat pump with A2L refrigerants. And if anyone's listened to this podcast deals with commercial refrigeration applications, the state adoption for new A2L refrigeration installations are just a few states behind the AC applications because the UL standards for many 
commercial refrigeration OEMs like UL60335-2-89 was actually released about a year later than the air conditioning UL standard, which is 60335-2-40. While we have the EPA's proposed timing and GWP limits within many of the HVAC and refrigeration sectors or segments, information like January 1st, 2025 and a GWP value of less than 750 for residential and light commercial air conditioning, um, we're hoping that that commercial refrigeration segments within the EPA's technology transition will be a year later, say maybe starting January 1st, 2026, because of that later UL uh, submission. So the concern is this, if many of the states use their traditional code cycle path in updating their standards, there may be a gap or a conflict with EPA requiring low GWP refrigerants being installed and individual states not having a perfectly clear path for A2L equipment being installed or inspected. I mean, as an example, states that follow the International Code Council or the I-Codes, if your state utilizes a 2015 or older edition, there are no updates to follow for A2L equipment. Now, there are some updates within the 2018 edition and even more in the 2021 edition, but to make things the simplest for everyone or fully enable A2L equipment, the language within the 2024 model codes are aligned with those latest standards. So, I mean, we'll know more in October about the EPA's technology transition, their final sector control dates, GWP limits, as well as possibly how the EPA may be able to try to close any gaps in those coded options. All right. Well, that's that's good to hear, and we'll look forward to some improvements there by the end of the year. Andrew, what refrigerants are currently available or forthcoming that will support A2L adoption? That's a really great question, Terry. Um, there's a number of different products based on what application you're going to be working in to really get a sense for... Um, you know, which ones are going to be most relevant. I think it's important to parse the industry into the different equipment classifications. So for starters, one of the, um, I would say one of the more uh, popular ones or one that we get a lot of technical questions on is what's happening with air conditioning and what products are going to support um, really the changeover from using Forts and A equipment. And in air conditioning, the main product that is coming out to the market is 454B, uh, which can you can also see marketed as Option XL41. So 454B is very similar to 410A in the sense of it has similar pressures, capacities, uh, efficiencies. So from a practical point of view for how the refrigerant is operating in the system itself, you're really not going to see that large of a difference between 454B and 410A in that regard. However, one of the key things to note is that um, any of the XL refrigerants or the A2Ls that are coming out, they do have that mild flammability piece. So there will be some differences in things such as um, leak detection or sensors or ventilation that um, you know may be new for people as they 
uh, start to work with 454B, but overall it's something that, uh, you know, once the, once the industry gets a couple installs under their belt, it should be uh, pretty straightforward um, on the AC side. The other thing to note too, because we get this, we get asked this question often, and I think it's important to continue to reiterate, is that the A2Ls, um, really any of them, are for new equipment only. Um, so your existing 410A units that are out in the field will continue to need to be serviced only with 410A. Um, as you install new 454B units, those can have to 454B in them, but 410A units need to stick with 410A. If you continue to look at the refrigeration side, um, there's more products to really cover. So starting in low and medium temperature refrigeration applications, um, there's really two products that uh, are going to become more prevalent as the industry begins to adopt A2Ls. And I think the best way to really kind of describe where they fit is let's take a second and go through where we started. Um, and that was with products like 22 and 404A507. So uh, when looking at what products kind of fit into that category, you started with 22, 404A507. Um, you know, they had their specific capacities and performances. And now today, if you work in refrigeration, on systems that used to be designed for 22404A507, likely that equipment has started to transition to something like 449A or 448A. Uh, and that makes a lot of sense in that application because uh, those products are um, you know, very good retrofit gases for those incumbent designs. However, when looking at the A2Ls that will be coming to low and medium temperature refrigeration applications, that have performance like 448, 449, 22, 404, 507 That's going to be products like XL40 or 454A or XL20, which is 454C. So the difference between the two is really um, twofold. So first, there's a GWP difference. So XL20 or 454C is less than 150, whereas XL40 or 454A um, has a GWP above um, above uh, 150 at roughly 238. So the trade-off there is around capacity. So uh, one of the interesting technical pieces that um, of the refrigeration industry is really how blends are made in a way. So it's kind of like a recipe in a sense of you can add a little bit of this component to get lower GWP, or you can add a little bit of this component to get higher capacity. So with looking at it, 454A has slightly higher capacity uh, because it has a little more R32 in the blend. However, um, the trade-off being it, it's slightly above 150 GWP. So there's some applications that or regulations that may require less than 150 GWP solution, which is where 454C comes in. The last A2L refrigerant we wanted to talk about is um, 1234YF or Option XL10. So this product very similarly mirrors 134A or 513A, if you're familiar with those products. So again, similar is performance, so capacity, uh, efficiency, pressures, temperatures, but 
much lower GWP. So XL10 enables you to really use a GWP of under five um, with you know, the mild flammability piece needing to be mitigated. So there are products for a wide variety of the different applications. So um, low and medium temperature refrigeration, XL40 or 454A, XL20, 454C, uh, air conditioning, XL41 or 454B are going to be the three main ones. And then for some of the medium pressure applications, things like XL10 or 1234YF will also be an A2L that you will see in the field. Wow, that's an excellent rundown. Thank you. And then Jeff, once the contractors have their refrigerant selections in place, what can they do to then prepare for the A2L adoption in terms of tools and training and perhaps certifications? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Because I, I think what we do is, you know, while the industry is actually waiting for the OEMs to re- release equipment with A2L refrigerants, everyone should take advantage of the material that's already available for training. I, I think unlike the industry, when we transitioned from R22 to R410A, when everyone had to not only quickly learn the new equipment, They also had to learn about the new refrigerant, the new refrigerant oils, installation changes, tools, et cetera. So I think the way our industry stepped up with this transition and has worked together to first provide information on why the industry is moving to these lower GWP refrigerants, as well as provide information on what's different with the refrigerant, the tools, things like that. So... Um, industry organizations like HRI, ACA, Nate, even ESCO Institute, all have material available to provide A2L training for this fall or next spring training. So this way, I think the, the misinformation that is beginning to reach the contractors and technicians will be less impactful. I mean, the greatest thing I'd love to hear is if a guy would be able to say, that's not what I heard when I took my A12 training. This type of thing will help a lot. So um, as far as tools for this transition, many of the today's tools, they'll be compatible with most of the new refrigerants. Um, or it's a possibility uh, the tools that you have uh, currently may be able to be updated to accommodate 2L refrigerants. So however... If you're looking for new tools right now, uh, like recovery machines or vacuum pumps, there are A2L models available for for sale now. So uh, these new tools will be backwards compatible. So anyone listening to this podcast, if you're ready to buy some new tools, you should definitely take advantage of buying A2L compatible tools now. And there's also information that would be available on Camours.com and also Option.com. Is that correct? Yeah, great, great references as well. Yep. Okay. And as you know, there was always some concern over A2L's mild flammability. Do you sense we're near the end of contractors' concerns based on the fact that the flammability issue is uh, less of a danger that perhaps they thought? Yeah, no, I I think this goes back to training, you know, to making sure distributors and wholesalers are providing A2L training in their fall and spring sessions. I mean, once again, so that misinformation doesn't spread. Um, 
And I think the contractors will find this transition isn't going to be as complicated as the R22 to 410A transition. I mean, as an example, AHRI has over a dozen one-hour webinars on the A2L transition. And like you mentioned with Option.com, we at Comoros have our, uh, within our Checkup with Dr. Chuck series on YouTube, we have roughly 20 short, like six to eight minute videos on the reasons for the upcoming changes, as well as information on the A12 refrigerants themselves. So the one thing that I am impressed about technician and contractors today is that they want to learn about new things within our industry. The only thing I suggest is that they make sure you're accessing quality information. I mean, there are some great platforms to lean on. Once again, AHRI, ACA, ESCO Institute, or even component OEMs like Copeland. Um, some examples, social media like Brian Orr and his HVAC school. The big thing is I just want to make sure that the information you're getting is quality information. I mean, I absolutely hate anyone who promotes misinformation about our industry. Um, so big thing, don't be afraid to ask the person presenting the information. You know, like, where did you get your information? Because the big thing I always heard, remember, the truth doesn't mind being questioned. That's very true. And the three or four organizations you mentioned are always devoted to the best information Andrew, what are the major considerations for knowing when and how to upgrade to a new refrigerant system? That's a really good question too, Terry. Um, and it probably goes into a larger theme around refrigerant management. Um, when looking at all the regulations that are uh, proposed and in place globally, um, there's been a lot of questions in the industry of, all right, if I have a system running on a specific refrigerant, when am I supposed to, um, you know, replace it? Or, you know, what needs to be my strategy if I have a major system leak and I need to replace the entire charge? Um, one of the ways I like to look at it is really to kind of parse it down into a different a couple different categories. So um, one is age. So the age of the equipment is something to really monitor as well. Um, like, like anything, um, you know, refrigeration equipment really was never intended to run forever, right? There's going to become a time where equipment will either start to lose efficiency or there will be mechanical problems where, you know, it may not economically make sense to continue to uh, maintain that equipment versus purchase new, more efficient uh, equipment. So that's definitely a big piece of it is understanding historically, you know, how long has the equipment lasted for? And if the equipment is towards the end of its useful life, is this a time where it would be worthwhile to install new equipment with A2L refrigerants, for example? So that's, that's definitely a big one. Um, the other thing we always try to educate the industry on as far as where to prioritize different uh, transitions is around equipment with the history of leaks. So uh, for one reason or another, certain stores tend to be, uh, or warehouses or units tend to be more leaky than others. 
Um, you know, especially if you're using a higher GWP refrigerant in those stores, like once refrigerant is lost via a leak, um, you know, you really lose the value of that refrigerant from, you know, a recovery point of view, from a service point of view, and even from a performance point of view, right? A leaky system is going to cost you dollars. It's going to, um, you know, probably lead to more service calls. So those types of equipment, uh, those types of equipment, I think are also very good to prioritize around looking at what, what systems to convert first. Um, the other thing to really look at is for supermarkets primarily is if you have uh, a portfolio that is heavily weighted towards higher GWP gases, such as 404A, um, or even, you know, in some cases, the refrigerants with ODP, such as R22, um, it definitely is worthwhile to consider implementing a retrofit plan in place to create a source of reclaimed gas for service or sale back to the market uh, via reclaim. Um, you know, those, those are different things where an A1 makes sense, may make sense because, you know, you're trying to extend the useful life of that existing equipment because in that case, for one reason or another, whether it be a regulation or an economic decision, uh, the refrigerant that you're currently using today uh, doesn't make viable sense in the future, then, um, you know, that's where something like a retrofit can make a lot of sense and really help end users uh, reach their sustainability goals. I mean, when looking at the retrofit gases available today, uh, in some cases they can get, you know, 60 plus percent lower GWP compared to uh, 404A. So, you know, there's there's a lot of different levers you can pull with refrigerant management. Um, so I would say, and and really the balance of safety, uh, performance, sustainability, uh, and cost really all play a factor in it in trying to understand, you know, when and where to upgrade to a new refrigeration system. And I would like to thank Andrew Pensula and Jeff Warther from Comores for joining us on this podcast, A2L Refrigerants and their significance to the HVACR industry. Thank you, Andrew and Jeff. And listeners, have a great day. That wraps up this episode of HVAC Chats. Thank you, as always, to our guests and to you, our beloved listeners. If this is your first time listening to HVAC Chats, be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcasting app. And if you are a regular listener, Please share the podcast with your colleagues who would find our episodes valuable. Until our next episode, you can find us on contractingbusiness.com. This is Terry McIver. Have a great day, everybody.